I'm Autumn Lockett. And this is Mitch Randall. And you're listening to Good Faith Weekly. Welcome to this episode of Good Faith Weekly. And this week, Autumn and I are going to catch up, going to talk a little bit about the passing of my grandfather from COVID-19. And then later on in the pod, we've got a very special guest with us, Leanne Chambliss, all the way from Auburn, Alabama. So stay tuned. Autumn, how are you doing this week? We're doing okay. I know your family is in mourning today, so we're thinking of you. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, it uh, has been a difficult uh, week for us. As uh, I mentioned, I think uh, last week on the pod, uh, my family has been struck by COVID-19 on three occasions. One was my grandfather who contracted a little over a couple of weeks ago and also my mom and dad. And uh, my mom and dad seem to be doing well. My mom is uh, not recovering as quickly as my father. But unfortunately, my grandfather succumbed to complications due directly from COVID-19 and passed away last Thursday. I uh, wrote a tribute to him at goodfaithmedia.org on Tuesday of this week. He was most assuredly the greatest man that I ever met. A child of the Depression, born in 1926, along with his siblings, in, uh, and was moved around from Texas to Alabama and Oklahoma. They knew poverty like no one has ever known it, especially during that time period. There were days, I remember him telling his stories, there were days where he and his siblings would go without food. His dad would hire him out in Alabama and his brothers and sisters to pick cotton all day. And after a day of picking cotton in the sweltering heat of Alabama, their knuckles bloody from pulling cotton from the husk, the prickly husk of the cotton stalk, their father would show up and get their pay, and they would never see any of it. And he would use that to go moonshine. He was also a bootlegger in Alabama, and my grandfather talked about going and checking those stills and all of the the difficulties that came from from living in such a poverty-stricken era and uh, an area. So, um, you know, he, he overcame that. He made a decision young, uh, uh, early on in life, after dropping out of school in the seventh grade, to to make certain that his family would never go hungry because that was the one goal he felt like if he could put bell or food in the belly of his children and provide them with a good education that he did not receive, then they could achieve anything. And he did that. He and my grandmother had three children in Tulsa, Oklahoma. He worked three jobs, one as a welder for Tulsa Public Schools. Immediately after getting off of that job, he would go to Vincent uh, Earl Vincent's garage to work on cars, especially with air conditioning units. And then, of course, on the weekends, he would help fix cars from neighbors and friends who would bring them to them for some extra income. He just made sacrifice after sacrifice to make certain that his family um, would not go hungry and be given opportunities that he was not given. And he did more than anybody in my life. Herbert Maxwell Sheffield changed the trajectory of our family. And uh, he was a remarkable man, and he's going to be missed. Absolutely. It was a beautiful tribute. If you haven't had a chance to read it, it's um, Mitch's article is available on Good Faith Media under the latest articles link. Um, and what I really loved about your article was how much your grandfather um, 
really favored red hats. Um, <laughs> and not that kind of red hat. <laughs> he was, <laughs> yeah, my grandfather was a blue, he was a yellow dog Democrat. As, as In fact, uh, he had a, uh, it was funny, he had a picture of FDR signing the Social Security Act uh, framed in his den. And anytime one of his children or son-in-laws uh, would retire, he would take a picture of himself holding FDR, signing that Social Security Act, and send it to them. Uh, he, he was a he was a diehard Democrat uh, to his his uh, last days. Yeah, put that red hat so your grandma could. could yeah, he, him yeah, it was a beautiful start. story. Um, my grandfather was coming through Oklahoma one time and and stopped here to see us, and uh, we had lunch together, and he asked if I could take him to a sporting goods hat because he needed a brand new red hat. I said, sure, granddad, I'd be happy to do so. And he was a diehard Oklahoma Sooners fan. So we went to the local Sooner shop and we walked to, <laughs> do what? To I think exactly that's where we went to, uh, matter <laughs> of fact. And so if you've ever been there here in Oklahoma, uh, in Norman, there is a wall that is covered with hats. And so I was pointing all these cool hats out to my grandfather said, you know, Hey, here's one with a, a red bill and, and white top. Here's one with a, a red top and a white bill. And then there was a gray one that I really liked. And so I was trying to show him all of these a, a variety of hats and he was just emphatic. No, it has to be a red hat. And I said, okay, um, if you don't mind me asking granddad, why a red hat? And then he told me, he said that uh, he would visit my grandmother in the memory care unit of their nursing or of her nursing home each and every day back in Missouri. And with her mind dwindling as it was, he said every time he would walk down the hall and in the fog of her memory, my grandmother would look up and when she saw the kind man with the red hat, she would smile. And so he had to have a red hat. Yeah. And so I said, Granddad, well, you don't need one red hat. You need two. Here, let's go get these two red hats. Absolutely. So it was just a, a beautiful story about his compassion and his love uh, for my grandmother, uh, but just really embodied who he was. And yeah. he's going to be sorely missed. And what aggravates me and angers me during this time of mourning for our family is that he didn't have to die. Um, I've been talking to my uncle and my mom and dad and that, you know, yeah, he was 94 years old and uh, lived a, a rich life, but it was this horrible virus that took him down. Mm -hmm. And it did not have to happen. If yeah. we had people in leadership that gave a damn about other people, that followed scientists instead of their own political agendas, then my I have no doubt my grandfather would still be alive today. But because of their unwillingness and obstinance and selfishness not to do the right thing, um, my family, my uncle and aunt and their son are gathering in a cemetery today without any other family to bury the greatest man that I ever met. So I am sad, I am heartbroken, and I am angry. And as mm -hmm. we go into these holiday seasons, if you are still considering gathering with 
more than your immediate family. Please, I beg you, don't do it. Please take precautions, wear your mask, stay social distance, because this virus will kill one of your family members if you don't. And you just can't predict. You no. just don't know. You can't. I, I mean, mean, we've been would, we've been very fortunate over the last nine months, and in the last three weeks, three of my family members who are extremely close to me contracted the disease, and so it's uh, you know you're absolutely right. You can't predict it. No. In fact, on our podcast last week, as I was editing it, you were talking. Your grandpa was up. He was doing laundry. Mm-hmm. He was you know he was doing fine. Yeah. And it just it's really unpredictable. It really so we is. just have to listen to the scientists. Absolutely. Well, as dark of a day it is for, for me and my family, and as, as dark a day as it is for our country and around the world as COVID-19 numbers continue to escalate, there is somebody who is trying to share a little light into the world through her songs. And coming up, we've got a wonderful interview with artist Leanne Chambliss from Auburn, Alabama. Leanne, since COVID began to take over everybody's lives and everybody quarantining in their house, decided as a musician, she was going to write a little song every day and share it on social media. And so she's going to talk about why she did that. And then also we get to be blessed by her talents as she sings a couple of those songs with us on air. So stay tuned for our interview with Leanne Chambliss. Welcome back to Good Faith Weekly, and during this Thanksgiving week, we've got a very special guest with us. Leanne Armstrong is a singer-songwriter living in Auburn, Alabama. In addition to writing and performing songs, Leanne previously worked in student ministry. Over the course of the pandemic, Leanne has made a decision to start writing a song a day, performing it, and posting it on Facebook. Her sound has a folksy vibe, but more importantly, she's got some very powerful and meaningful lyrics. Leanne Armstrong, welcome to Good Faith Weekly. Thank you. I'm glad to be here with y'all. Well, Leanne, before uh, we jump into the interview and and Autumn starts firing questions at you, one of the things that we like to uh, ask each one of our guests during this pandemic is, uh, how are you? How is uh, your family? Everybody feeling okay? Have you anybody that you are close to contracted the virus? I I think my family is is well. Good. We're uh, we're all managing well. I have a daughter who is a nurse in Chattanooga. Um, she's she's well. Her husband is well. I have a daughter and son in law in Boston. Mm-hmm. Of course, Boston was one of the early hot spots, so they are very used to hunkering down. Um, I have a son and daughter-in-law who are expecting a baby in a little bit in Charlottesville. Okay. And they are very in the groove of kind of hunkering down and staying to themselves. My parents live here in Auburn and they are very good at wearing masks and uh, staying to themselves. And um, we're all pretty good at covering up our mouths and noses and staying to ourselves and just 
waving at people from afar. That's good. Well, as Dr. Fauci said, I think last night, what we need to be not doing, and that is uh, sharing air. None of us need to be sharing air to stay safe. So I'm glad you and your family are doing well and, and are healthy during this time of pandemic. Thank you. So, Leanne, we love this idea of posting songs. You are in great company. Andrew Lloyd Webber has been doing this. Rufus Wainwright. Um, Carol wow. And Leanne Armstrong. And Leanne Armstrong. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. So, music is just such a solace for so many people. Um, tell us a little bit about what made you decide to start writing, performing, and posting a song each day. Well, um, I... I have written before, not at this pace, obviously. Um, I had back in maybe February, time is so strange this year. Um, I had written a, a bit of comedy into a song with verses about Rudy Giuliani and the primary season. Oh, wow. And I'd shared it with, yeah, I'd shared it with a few friends and when coronavirus began to dominate the news, I added a verse about coronavirus mm-hmm. um, and put that out kind of wide on Facebook. Um, its chorus, the chorus of the song was based on a friend's common lament that there was not enough wine in the world. So that was kind <laughs> of the first song that it. I put out. And the reception was good for that song. So I wrote the next day a more kind of comforting, prayerful song, and I shared that. And an acquaintance from high school who was journeying through chemotherapy, and she was having to do it solo because of the quarantine, commented that having a new song to cheer her up each day would help her. So I figured I could sustain a new song a day for like two weeks. Right. Mm -hmm. And that was mid-March. And here we are. And here we are. Well, it is still, we're still quarantining. We're still staying separated. Um, and I don't know how long it'll last, but the process of the daily rhythm of writing and recording Mm -hmm. and connecting with people that way, since I'm in a one person household has become sustaining for me also. Oh, I bet. Well, it is a definitely lovely idea. And, you know, I've been so inspired by it. I shared with the staff the other day that I thought I would start writing a sermon a day and delivering it a day. And yes, yes. <laughs> well, the staff didn't I think so. I've asked them to please not go ahead and do that. <laughs> I, would, I would listen. Oh, I you're, you're so sweet. You're, you're, you're much nicer than our staff is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, Leanne, obviously you are a, a person of faith and, and in your lyrics and, and, and your music, that certainly uh, plays a part. Uh, tell us a little bit about how your faith does influence your writing uh, and how you come up with some of the ideas that you do. Well, I feel like my my spirituality is inseparable from my from my real life. That's Mm, air quotes. Um, any, anybody who spends time talking to me will eventually be drawn into a conversation on the radical Jesus breaking in on the thread of our current events or the breath of spirit comforting or energizing. And just like it's inseparable from my life, my spirituality is likely to show itself 
in either typical or atypical moments in my songs. So God shows up in a paraphrase of, say, the week's lectionary reading or a Maundy Thursday song mm-hmm. about Jesus longing for his friends not to abandon him, to just stay. But it also shows up, say, in a song about Tumor's Corner, which is the center of Auburn activity and drunk football fans, or making sure your nose doesn't peek out over your mask, or (laughs) what's in your quarantine pantry, because God shows up in every little gritty bit of life. So whatever my song is about that day, God is likely to just pop up someplace in that song, because that's how my life is. Yeah, and and I love just the, the... and I don't mean this is an insult by any means, but the simplicity of your your songs and your lyrics are extremely powerful uh, because you're talking and you are you're singing about everyday occurrences and 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 what everybody is experiencing during these days of pandemic. So, in that simplicity, there's a lot of complexity, but also a lot of beauty. Uh, a lot of suffering as well, and you connect with people who are suffering behind closed doors, and it's just it's just really really wonderful. So well done. Mm-hmm. Appreciate so you, it. You mentioned your friend with with cancer who's going through chemo. Can you tell us about some other feedback you've received about your music? I can't. I I get all kinds of feedback. I'm I feel pretty fortunate that I haven't received any really negative feedback because I do, my settings are set to public on both Instagram and Facebook. Mm -hmm. Um, and I keep expecting to get really slammed for something that I write and I haven't yet. Um, I do have to go through and sort out a few, uh, on Instagram, you know, kissy faces from, gentlemen that are probably in Russia someplace, but I'm getting all, I'm getting those all the time, Leanne. I understand yes, what you're talking about. I don't, get, I don't get any comments that are like, you know, this, you know, you're, this is unbiblical sure. or anything like that. Um, yeah. Maybe those people have learned to scroll on by, but I get, you know, everything from just the heart, emoji to thank yous to deep spiritual discussions to policy discussions that I am in no way qualified to participate and I say that mm-hmm. neither of those um, are politicians Leanne that's right. <laughs> it's true it's true I've been and some of our I preachers pretty, you know, yeah I've been told I look pretty in that yellow shirt um, someone likes it when I smile here if if I ever leave out my kind of signature sign off, which is check on your people, see you tomorrow. Mm. I always get a comment on that to the point that sometimes I have to record a video of that and send it to that person who commented. Sure. Um, I'm always honored when my songs are shared on someone else's page, Mm -hmm. like they'll share it and say, everybody listen to this song. I've been tickled by a couple of covers of my songs that people have done (laughs) on their Facebook pages. They've, you know, interpreted them, uh, you know, a lot better musicians than me. Sometimes somebody 
took my song and put it into a totally different, like hard rock style one time. Wow. It's, it's very fun to hear somebody take something and run with it like that. Um, but all kinds of feedback and it's, it's just nice that, that connections are made because feedback means someone has connected with your song. So that's the whole point really. Yeah. And speaking of connectedness, I mean, that's something that music has done throughout history. Uh, there's something very emotional about it. It, it, it's, it spawns an emotional reaction uh, when you listen to it. Um, and, and so when I think about moments in history, I mean, music has often interpreted those moments for people in society. I mean, I think of the music of the Reformation that brought theology to life in Europe for many people as they used music from the pubs to teach theology. Uh, the music from the 1960s in this country ushered in a social revolution. And now we find ourselves almost in the entirety of a full year under pandemic. How do you think music in a general sense, and for you more specifically, how do you think music is interpreting this moment for us? I think like the music of those other significant moments in time, and I'm, I'm not calling a movement because I wouldn't call the pandemic part of this time a movement. Mm -hmm. Although I would call this social justice. Yeah. There's a social, there's this this racial justice movement that is parallel paralleling this uh, pandemic, which is another caveat to this strange world we live in right now. Right. And I, I, I was looking as I looked, have been looking back through my songs, they kind of fall into the categories of the beginning being pandemic related songs and have, have, moved into social justice oriented songs. So Mm -hmm. I wouldn't call them a movement, but more a a moment. Mm -hmm. So those significant moments, the, the reformation moment, the civil rights moment, which we know stretched much longer than that, but the, the best deepest music of any moment preserves the moment it interprets the moment and the best music shapes the moment so oh. it not only is a photograph of the moment but it actually can change the moment hmm. and i'm definitely not claiming that my music is the best or the deepest of this moment but i certainly hope that it contains little instants where it might preserve or interpret the moment. And if I'm really, really on my game in any given day, there might be sparks of time where it might shape the moment for one person who hears it. Mm -hmm. It might create a place where a person connects to the moment in a way they hadn't before. Um, the music of this moment, I hope, can help people 
rise to the challenge of this moment and that the art and music that comes from here I hope will reflect a changed world. There's so much that needs to change. And I hope when we look back on this time, like we look back on the civil rights movement, that the music and the art that comes from this time will actually show a world that that's changing. It's hard to sit in it right mm -hmm. now and say the world's changing. I hope when we look back, we'll see that change. I love that. Preserve, interpret, and shape. That's what yeah. music is doing right now. Yeah. It's done it throughout the history. So I love that. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So, Leanne, you have graciously agreed to play a song for us. Can you tell us? I think it's going to be two songs song now. Chosen? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to pull a fast one on you and play two. Um, yeah. Okay. Bonus, Perfect. bonus track. Um, I And the reason is um, I wanted to to play a, a typical daily song. Um, and the typical daily song is one that kind of an idea pops into my mind while I'm doing my everyday whatever I do. So this first little song is called Signs. And it's not like signs from God. It's like signs that you see by the side of the road when you're driving along. So um, it uses a little humor. It uses familiar landmarks in Auburn, which is signs that people put out by the side of the road that you see when you're driving down the road. But it uses the signs to make a point about personal character Um I sometimes use my songs just for fun. And sometimes I use my songs to poke a little bit and try and get a little lesson in there. Um, this is one of those maybe. Um, the second song is St. Columba's prayer. And it's a paraphrase of an ancient prayer about a lonely sojourner. The reason I include this one is that it feels very right about now because many of us are kind of journeying toward holidays around tables that we feel like are sparsely populated. I know people are struggling with this. Number one, they're struggling to do the right thing and keep those tables mm. sparsely populated. Number two, they're struggling with the loneliness that comes from not seeing the faces around the table and the crowds around the table that they're wanting to see. And so I'm hoping that this song maybe can be a reminder that safe in God's hand, we're never alone. So the first one is signs. The second one, St. Columbus prayer. Love it. Now, ladies and gentlemen, all the way from Auburn, Alabama, Leanne Armstrong. It was then that I noticed the signs. Had I been driving right by them before? Or were they new signs of the times? Right by a sign that says, don't you give up, is one that says, keep off the grass. 
Seeing those signs by the side of the road Seemed more than a contrast in class Signs, signs everywhere aside Walking out the scenery, breaking my mind Do this, don't do that, can't you read the signs? And I think that we may all have a choice to make We could worry about the fescue or Be that don't give up thy with the crap for grass long Ride off to somebody's rescue Be that don't give up guy with the crap for grass lawn Ride off to somebody's rescue Yay! Love Loved it, loved it, loved it Oh my goodness, that was so lovely. And now, another tune from Leanne Armstrong. Be a bright flame before me, a guiding star or me, a smooth path below me, a shepherd to show from morning to even. From there into memory, morning to even. From there, you know, my journey is lonely, but through your presence only. What gloom shall I fear when I sense you are near? You, Lord of sun and night sky beyond, Lord of sun and night sky beyond, more accompanied safe in your hand than even when proud used to gather and stand. And so shall it be, so it ever has been. Here in your presence, Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Leanne, we've got one last question before we let you go. And Autumn always has the pleasure of asking our guests the final word. Yes. So at Good Faith Media, our tagline is there's more to tell. After hearing your beautiful songs and hearing sort of your heart behind writing them, can you tell us a little bit about your own more to tell? I think my more to tell would be that I have found life to be about instance of connection and that those instants happen face to face, that they happen electronically that they happen through written communication and that we should not let those instants go to waste. Mm -hmm. We should never discount the possibility that the sacred 
will show itself in one of those instants of connection. And it will never be the one that we assume it will. So we have to watch all the time, all the time, for the holy to break out into the midst of everyday life. I love that. You are indeed a priest and a prophet. Thank you so (laughs) much for spending time with us uh, during this Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, We wish you and your family the very best. Uh, We hope that everybody remains safe as well as healthy. Uh, there in Auburn, Alabama. Uh, if you want to know more about Leanne and listen to her daily tunes, you can visit her Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Leanne.Armstrong. Make certain to uh, give her a listen. Uh, she's uh, got a public site and uh, just a, a beautiful, beautiful spirit. Leanne, thank you so much for being with us at Good Faith Weekly. Thank you, Mitch. And thank you, Autumn. I appreciate y'all let me be with you. It's been a pleasure. Yes. And to our listeners, we want to thank you for tuning in this Thanksgiving week, wherever you are. We hope that you are staying safe and healthy, and we hope that you have a wonderful holiday with your family members who are in your house. And remember, as always, keep living good faith.